Dolls, thank you so much for listening to this first episode of So Wrong It's Right. This really does feel like some kind of fever dream. We have been developing and talking about this podcast for years now and it's finally here. You guys actually pushed the trailer to number one on Apple and Spotify, which is just insane. And now the pressure is truly on for us to stay up in those charts. And I hope you enjoy the episodes as much as you did the short trailer. Each week will be something different. It will be guests, it will be celebrities, it will be my family, friends, experts. I'll be having up-to-date chats with you guys. What are we hyperfixating on? What do we hate? What, what's going on in my life? Just gossip and everything in between. A couple of days ago, I sat down with one of my best friends, Georgia Harrison, who was only a few hours off the plane from Love Island. And here's what happened. Georgia Harrison, welcome to So Wrong It's Right. Thank you. Did you just check? <laughs> Let's do it again. No, they'll keep this one in. I thought I said it's so wrong. It's right. You, you just I did it right. I'm. You've. You're the one that's just landed, literally, <laughs> back from South Africa. How long have you been back? Right. So, babe, I've, I landed last night at about half nine, ten o'clock. But my mum and that came and greeted me at the airport. But I ended up staying with Anton because he had a hotel like right next to Heathrow, and he's flying back to Scotland tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I just felt like I might not see him for a little bit. And it's like you know, just spent six weeks with him, so I basically just shunned my mum and stayed with him last night. So I haven't been home technically. Is this the first interview you've done? This is the first interview I've done. It's the first friend I've seen. Oh my like, god! Like this is like a very poignant moment. And obviously, apart from this, I've been out of touch with the real world really for six weeks now I feel honoured let's break it down the last time you were in the Love Island Villa was 2017 with me yeah and you were the, how long were you in um, not long wasn't long literally could have blinked you would have missed me <laughs> I reckon like, you know I reckon like a week and a half what made you want to go back for round two? Honestly, I genuinely really did hope that I would meet someone, find love. Also, obviously, it's good for your career, like, I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I thought it was just a really, really fun experience for me the first time round. So I just thought, get away, get in a bikini, have some time, having a laugh. I remember the last time we spoke properly, you were at the airport before we went to South Africa. Yeah. And we were texting, you said, Liv, I'm nervous, I'm yeah. shitting myself. But I really hope I meet someone. I'm so yeah. fed up being single. I'm sick of seeing you, Nick, good boyfriends, settling down. I want that. Mm. So you genuinely went out there looking for a relationship. I know yeah. that because you're my friend and, you know, you don't need to lie to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Did you think you'd be leaving that villa with Anton? Like, definitely not when I first went in there. No. I think, to be honest, I think, like, my head was in a very different place from things that had happened on the outside world mm -hmm. going in there. So I think I had expectations which weren't realistic. And I also thought, like, with me and Anton, I just felt like potentially, like, we were a little bit different as people. But I think as time goes on, like, we've actually got so many more similarities than I realised. But I definitely wouldn't have thought out the first lineup. You had a couple of flirtations throughout and obviously had me screaming at the telly that you reconnected with Casey yeah. over a chat and I think you broke the whole internet. I think... <laughs> 
Should we give people some context in case? Do you know what? I think I do need to speak on on that situation. You absolutely do. There's so much. <laughs> there's so much around the entire thing that I don't think's been conveyed. So what? What was you and Casey had had a fling? Yeah. Would you even call that? Was it more than that? It was to me. I think. It was more than that. Like, we yeah. were seeing each other for a couple of months. We went on, like, loads of dates together. We'd speak every day. Yeah. We went on staycations. Like, since I broke up with my ex last year, he's the only person I've actually dated for a significant amount of time. Like, yeah. you know me. I'm not, like, here, there and everywhere with all different boys. Like, I've not got time for it. I usually keep myself to myself. Mm-hmm. So... If I'm being honest, I did really, really like him. And during the time that me and him were speaking, he'd always sort of given the impression that, you know, and and me too, that it wasn't good timing when we met each other. We both knew we were probably going to go on the show Mm -hmm. and we didn't want things to go too far. However, feelings definitely did get... They got carried away with each other. And when we stopped speaking, he sort of left it in a, you know, in a really good terms and sort of like things could maybe... I don't know, I think in my head, I thought he might come in there whilst I was in there and we'd get back together and we'd end up seeing each other on the show. I thought that's what would be the case. Yeah. But what I knew about how you'd left things, I yeah. assumed that's how it would go. Yeah, like when when he did sort of cut things off, it was very abrupt. Mm. We've been really fine up until then. Now I understand, obviously, his thing about the granddad added to it, right? But for me, the way he left things was like, look, this is killing me, I'm really going to miss you. It was all, none of it was like, I don't want to ever, like, rekindle. Or, mm. And also, I didn't understand it. So multiple times I said to him, please explain it to me. Like, I just, I don't understand. Yes. But instead of just explaining to me how he felt, if it was, you know, about the granddad scenario, which is fair, why did you wait a month and a half to do that and then drop that bomb on national television yeah. when all you had to do was just be honest? Like, I've been sitting there for ages thinking he does still like me and mm-hmm. he just wants a bit of space before we inevitably end up on this show. Just for context for any of my listeners, if they live under a rock, the granddad <laughs> thing is essentially... George asked Casey, which is a really brave thing to ask, looked at me and I said, why did things go wrong? Did you just go off me? And then he leads into this sentence and you, he's talking, but you never expect it to end up in the destination it does. The end of the sentence is, I've got to be honest, Georgia, you were on a meditation retreat. Yeah. And you called me up and you said, I met... Met your dead granddad? This is what I said. Come on. This is actually what happened. So I felt that I'd done um, meditation, which was very intense whilst I was there. We was there for like a week and it's like a really intense spiritual retreat. And I felt that I was getting sort of a sense from people who have passed over in my family, in my life, that there is there is another world and there is a spiritual world. And I believed that... I was sensing that our angels are still around us and even when people pass on, they are still part of our lives and in some way they play a part of it and they actually take quite a bit of peace out of being part of our journey in another world. It might be a bit far-fetched and it might not be for everyone, but I genuinely believe, having had lost my ex and my best friend over the last couple of years, that I do at times have signs that they're there and that they're still with me. And during this particular time, Mm -hmm. I had a very overwhelming sense of connection with them. Mm -hmm. Having been with Casey, we'd spoken multiple times about how it was really hard for him having just lost his, like, nan and granddad. They were very, very close. Yeah. And how he didn't, you know, he found it hard to deal with that. So what I was trying to say was, I really think that they're still with you. I think they're still on your journey. Um, I think 
that they still guide you and they probably take like a lot of peace out of getting to see you do so well in your life as you are. They're probably loving the success that you're doing and they're probably helping you along the way. I wasn't saying just bumped into your dead granddad in Tesco's, he's looking fly. He said, he said, what's up? So it wasn't you know what I mean? as black and white as like, I've been having a chat with you, Greg. It was more, I, I think, the way yeah. he delivered it made it sound like you were like, oh, I've just spoke to your dead granddad. Yeah. Like, he's like, what's up? Then there was a little flirtation with Mitch. I was screaming yeah. at Teddy for that one. I was like, please, God, no. But luckily we sidestepped that landmine. Um, another thing can, that went... Can I say as well, I think what viewers might not have realised is because I felt so strongly for Casey, which isn't necessarily mm. his fault or anyone's fault, but my feelings were invalidated. I can't help it if you really like someone. In the first couple of weeks, when I was starting to get close with Anton, in my head, Liv, I'm thinking, if Casey walks through that door, I'm going to have to drop this poor boy okay. at any moment because I really like Casey. And I was starting to really care about Anton and I was thinking, I don't want to get put in a position where I have to ruin someone I really care about's mm. journey. And I know I used the word the ick or whatever, but I was thinking, I need to pull back from this now. Yeah. And then I was giving it a go with Mitch. In the back of my head, it was a bit like, you know, if it came it to that It wasn't really me. a go, was it? You'd ha you had a couple yeah. of chats. It's love, I, you have to chat to people. You have to chat to people. And I also wouldn't have felt as terrible if Casey walked in and yeah. things went the way that, in my head, I believe they were going to, doing it to Mitch. And I know, sorry, I know that sounds bad, no, but a lot of that sense. is where my head was at. Yeah. And I was always thinking that this could happen. And I think that's what held me back from being able to get to know Anton properly in the first place. It wasn't until he came in and all of that got squashed yeah. that I could actually have time to progress with Anton. But I was still very hurt by what had happened with Casey because, quite frankly, I'd spent all of that time with him mm. and he walked in and acted like he didn't even know me. You're this cold. And, like, having gone through that a lot in the past with men... Mm -hmm. I just think it was so hard believing that it wasn't going to happen again with Anton and my mm. walls were up here in my throat because it wasn't just things that happened in the past. I was dealing with a very present moment issue yeah. that had just been portrayed to me and I didn't really have the space to, to accept that rejection or confusion that I'd actually been put through. Yeah, as your friend watching, I felt that I could imagine the state you were invulnerably and like yeah. emotionally you've had it you know we'll go into it in a minute but you've obviously had a really heavy couple of years and if you're in that situation you're on national tv you're already feeling quite vulnerable quite exposed there's someone coming in you've had a thing in the past you're thinking this we're going to connect reconnect it's going to be great and then they come in like you say and they're looking straight through you that's horrible mm. and that's going to like you say leave you in a position where you feel like, what the fuck now? <laughs> yeah. Get me out of here. That's what yeah. I'd be feeling. Amongst the granddad viral moment, there was another viral moment, which people had a very divided opinion on. Um, when one of the things you expressed to Casey that you was very upset that you'd got off a long flight and you had... I mean, me, personally, I completely get this because I... I'm not going to get cancelled. I don't like flying economy if I can avoid it. But <laughs> you you said, I've just got off a long flight and I was in economy and you didn't even text. And they clipped it up. It was very funny. But, you know, people reacted yeah. in different ways. You've probably seen that now. Is there anything you feel about that? Look, I think, Liv, me and you are really similar, right? I have a dry sense of humour yeah. at times. When I feel awkward, when things, when I feel vulnerable, when I feel quite silly, I love to use a bit of humour just to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. If I thought economy was that bad, I wouldn't be in economy, would I? Yeah. I would be forking out for business, but I was clearly too tight. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? 
There, there were spaces. There weren't not spaces. Yeah. I had made that choice. And I, I am someone that does fly in economy often. Like, yeah. for me, it was just a little bit of a joke of not only... I've been on a 14-hour flight in economy. Do you know what I mean? Trying to... It, was, it wasn't like I was... I think the way that... And people are so quick to judge and just get their knickers in a twist. I think the half of the internet that got themselves really angry were like, well, <laughs> she thinks she's too good to be in economy because she's a love islander. Like, yeah. I know that, that you're the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, if you could get somewhere cheaply and quickly, you'd sit in the luggage hold. Like, you wouldn't <laughs> care. So I knew that that... I sort of... Wait, that's your sense of humour. She doesn't <laughs> care. She'd sit with her bag, you know, by the toilet, whatever if she could get where she wants to go. And what's a bit of a horror is I actually had um, free seats on that plane because they had no one next to me, so I was basically in business. That is the dream. That is... (laughs) I was laid spread out. A lot of people in there, a lot of personalities. Who did you get on with best out of the girls? Oh, I think Arabella I got on with really, really well. She seems cool. Yeah, and then me and G were really close. I know she had a tough time on there, but I wanted to make sure I supported her through it. Yeah. Molly I got on really well with. I think all the girls got on really, really well throughout the experience, but, like, there's some that you're just a bit closer with. You're always going to click better with some than others. Yeah. I know there was a a little comment one night, I think, from um, Sophie when she told you... Let's just leave that now in regards to Josh. My mum texted me saying, I'm sorry, she shouldn't be speaking to Georgia like that. (laughs) She's like, I've just, me and dad are watching Love Island, I'm raging. She was like, you shouldn't speak to Georgia like that. Sure, she had your back. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, I think from what I can see, there was obviously stuff like said behind my back on their part, but I never once slagged them off and I'm not, I'm not going to start now. Have you've only been back? I mean, what, not even 24 hours, you landed last night. Have you watched anything? No, I mean, my mum's done a summary for me, <laughs> you know. I, I've watched... Nick, yeah, what she like? I've watched a couple of clips. I think I don't think what I've watched What she's told you, back. what she thinks you should know. Yeah, I mean, she's... I, I, everyone sort of voiced to me that, obviously, they feel that Josh wasn't the best of friends to me. Mm. I think everyone's entitled to their opinion, of course, but during that time, I just felt like he'd been my friend for so long mm. and I just felt like he wasn't having my back. I felt like it, it wasn't just him giving his opinion on me... It was more the things that I knew he was saying behind my back yes. and, like, sort of the hysteria it was causing in the villa for me, like, the things that he was saying. Again, I know how Love Island works. I've been there and there's there's quite a lot you don't see. But from what I could see from the outside regarding Josh, knowing how close you guys have been, you've come up to Manchester to see him, you know, you spent loads of time together... For me, and he knows what you've kind of gone through. You've met a guy, he's really nice, he's treating you nicely, you're trying to make it work. I didn't understand what why he was so adamant to try and sort of bash it. I, I didn't I didn't really get what the motive was. What was the problem? You weren't hurting anyone. I didn't get that. And he'd been really, really supportive up until like I don't know, then, and then he just took a real turning point. Mm. And it was almost like he was hell-bent on like trying to bring us down and I just I found that really really tough to cope with because I, I cared about him and I wouldn't have treated him like that no. to this day like I've not said anything bad about his relationship and even if I had those opinions I wouldn't be so forceful with yeah. them especially not in that sort of an environment but there's nothing I can do to change it now what is the status of you and Anton after 12 hours back in the UK <laughs> So we're still exclusive and I think obviously we were getting along well at the end but it was 
getting tough for us, the environment. Mm-hmm. It was getting just, yeah, a bit like ready to get back to the real world. We've had such a good time since we've got out. Like we've been getting along so well. We had dinner with my mum and my auntie yesterday. And every time he got got up to go to like order something or something like that, they both kept looking at me going, he is amazing. Do not ruin this for us. Yeah. And I'm like, I actually know he's amazing. George's mum actually messaged me when I was in there. And she was like, well, she's coupled up with that aunt on now. I really hope that this is it. And she, you know, sticks with it because what a nice boy. I'm really, I think she said I'm sick of the dickheads or something like yeah. that. And it really made me laugh. I said, oh my God, Nick, I really hope so too. I was championing you guys from the beginning. Yeah. I do think that he ticks so many of your boxes. Mm. And do you know what? He is a nice guy, but I, but I kind of actually hate that saying because when you say that, it's uh, to me, I'm like, when you go, oh, so he's a nice guy, it sounds like, oh, he's the safe option, like mm. he's vanilla. Like, I don't think Anton's vanilla. I think he's like, oh. he's Scottish. I don't feel like he's going to let you walk all over yeah. him. I think the public's perception that you could do anything, you could be like, I'm just going to shit on the floor right here, Anton, <laughs> pick it up. I just don't what think that, <laughs> I don't think that's him. It's not him at all. And, like, he got put in a lot of positions where I was being mugged off and he had to really pick me up and give me all of these, like, amazing speeches. And I think that got taken as, like, I didn't feel the same way, but I did. I just didn't have so many poignant opportunities to voice that. And, like, he is not a walkover at all. No. And he is a nice boy, but he's also funny, sexy. And I think in the real world, like we're going to just have so much more of an opportunity to let our relationship grow. And I yeah. really hope it goes from strength to strength. And, like, as soon as, like, the cameras were off, we had honest conversations of, is this real? Is this, mm. are your feelings genuine? Because sometimes I feel like I'm scared that, that they're not going to be and my heart's going to get broken because it's happened to me in the past. And he mm. said, sometimes I'm scared you don't really like me. And we sat down we said, no, we really do like each other and we're absolutely going to give this a shot. And, like, since being able to have that conversation where no-one's around to see it... Yeah. And it didn't matter because it, it doesn't matter anymore You've got nothing now. To gain got or nothing lose, to gain yeah. or lose. Yeah, I, I did hear him on a voice note last night. Actually, <laughs> I was very excited to hear his voice. I think Lev. This is Lev. It's Anton. <laughs> Lev. <laughs> I just made sure I was like, I'm obsessed with this guy already. You're actually quite good. Not bad, is it? Yeah. Have you practising that? No, I was just, I just tried that out for the first time. It could have gone really, like, bad. <gasps> One thing that's so cute, right? Before I left the hotel this morning, and I don't know if you'll care if I say this, but it is what it is. I found a little book. He, he'd obviously dropped his notebook. Yeah. He has a notebook. He has a little notebook. I'm yeah, already but, obsessed. You know what I'm like, yeah. So, but I didn't know it was his. I didn't know what was in it. So I picked it up. I had a little peak and I only know she's reading his diary they've only been back 10 hours it could have been anyone's like I had to check what what where it come from anyway so I opened it on one page I didn't read loads there was just one page and it was like today I am so grateful for and it was him writing like just the things he was grateful for and I promise you I didn't look through the rest of it because I've got a gratitude journal myself hadn't I and it was so weird because I have my little gratitude journal that I had in lockdown and I was writing exactly the same things every day and he was like I'm so grateful um to have this opportunity and like I intend to meet someone who's hardworking, driven, who has the same beliefs as me and who wants to work together to help inspire people. And I just Ooh. thought that is what I'd written in my own notebook. That's nuts. And I, I wouldn't have thought that he was that guy really from no. watching writing gratitude. And it was like a proper like hit me moment where I'm like, we're so similar in so many ways. It's not even normal.
I'm really glad that you feel that way about the, the process with Love Island stuff because obviously you know that I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah. I always credit the show for everything I've done since. Um, but it's not always guaranteed you'll meet someone. No. I met someone. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> That's the only thing I don't credit Love Island for. The only thing that I want an apology for is, <laughs> is who I was coupled up with. Everything else was great. I'd happily do it again. Um, but you have met someone. Yeah. And that I just love that for you. Yeah. We, you talked, we talked a little bit about what kind of year you've had. Mm. But, you know, for context of people listening... Like you say, you lost an ex and a friend in tragic circumstances in very close proximity to each other. Mm. And then something people probably do know is you took Stephen Bear, your ex-boyfriend, to court Mm -hmm. for revenge porn in a case that you won. Yeah. In the time that you were in the Love Island Villa, he has since been released. Yeah. How does it feel to come back to the UK knowing that he is out? Honestly, like... I feel protected by the law, to be honest. Like, I've got a restraining order on him, Mm -hmm. so he can't come near me and he can't speak about me. So, for me, I just think... I think everyone deserves to rehabilitate themselves and to find a way to become a better person. And I truly hope, for him, that is the case. And apart from that, I don't think I'll be overthinking it you know I might still have certain legal issues that we have to face each other in court for Mm -hmm. coming up Um, and I'm just going to take it day by day but just try not to let my past encroach on my present moment I think lives what's best for me you're a better person than I ever could be (laughs) a lot of people reacted to the way you handled the heart rate challenge in Love Island because they assumed it was in some relation to being sexualised about your consent, was there was there a link between that? You didn't feel comfortable to participate in the way the other girls did? I mean, people praised you for it. I yeah. think you did the right thing. I think you stayed true to yourself. Talk to us a little bit about what happened there. I think there were always going to be certain steps along this journey that were going to be harder for me to handle this time yeah. because of what I've been through. Like, it changed everything for me. And because of that, I struggle to be, like, overly sexual in public. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was 21, I probably would have been dancing on everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's not a big deal. There's nothing wrong with it. No. But I feel like because so many people got to see me in a sexually vulnerable state without my permission, I just feel like they've seen enough of my sexual side. Like, that can be saved now for in private. And even if... You know, and if I was to be that way, I know for a fact I would get judged for it left, right and centre. Like, I get judged if I put up a picture in a bikini saying, you know, oh, she's happy to be seen like that, but she's not happy to Isn't be seen in this video. No, and it's ridiculous. It's just fucking... But it's unfortunately my reality now. And I think the show was so understanding and so aware of that. And these are conversations we had before we went in. So when it comes to that heart rate challenge, when the text come through, I thought, oh, heart fell out my arse. I thought, I thought I'd avoided <laughs> this, yeah. And Anton, bless him, he straight away looked at me like, what are we going to do? Are you going to be all right? So speaking to the show, they were like, look, this is completely up to you. We're never going to ever pressure you to do anything you don't want to do. And we are happy for you to handle this however you want to handle it. And I'm not going to lie, I felt a bit left out in the day. All the girls were like, I was considering if to do it at all or not. All the girls are doing, practicing all their dancing and being all silly and fun. Some of them weren't taking it serious. They did not come to play. They did not. It was was like the Olympics. No. 
They didn't hold back. No. They didn't hold back. And no, I was like, it. I almost felt left out because I just thought, oh, why do I have to have things different? And in the end, I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to be left out. I'm no. going to put on my bunny outfit. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do a sexy strut. I'm going to do it in my own way. And then I'm just going to walk back inside because I'm not letting this thing that happened to me yeah. completely hold me back from other aspects of myself. And, you know, I didn't dance on any of the guys and I didn't do what a lot of the other girls done, but I still managed to get involved in it. And, yeah, I think it was really important and I felt so supported by the show not to have had to be pressured to do that. Yes. And I think that that's really important how they handled it for me, gave me the space to handle it in the right way myself. That's really nice. Yeah. I think you were so brave to go on the show after the year you've had. And I think because you are such a positive, like, outgoing person and, the, the you know, the person you show, especially online, is so upbeat and stuff. But, you know, I've seen you, like, pull yourself from the darkest places mm. that a person could be. Mm. And with things that have made you feel so vulnerable, you know, and you've had terrible things of exes and breakups and so to go on to national tv and be vulnerable i'm going to date now for the first time in a long time properly and you know to watch you go through that and hands it with such grace and you know humor i think it was just amazing and i think towards the end when you know people said that you were oh she doesn't like anton i could just see that you were just you're just running out of gas a little bit because mm. you're a human being and it's it's really tough yeah and it's you know when you've been through a lot of that and you've had a lot of rejection you've had a lot of heartache it's very difficult to let people back in yeah. it's difficult to let people in when you've had a breakup let alone what you experienced at the hands of an ex and I think people people should just listen okay and just understand <laughs> right that it's hard no it's completely and you, I think you, you were amazing I think you honestly should be so proud of yourself you was a nice girl you were nice you were a girl's girl you were funny do you know what I mean thanks man and you got a nice fellow at the end of it yeah I think that's what I needed to hear and I, I think in general the whole experience yeah I do have my walls up but like I think I'm with the perfect person who's given me so much space so much understanding mm -hmm. to get them down and they're definitely coming crashing down and like now we're in the real world I just think we're gonna go from strength to strength but you're right like it's definitely affected my past relationships my past issues have definitely affected the way that I give and receive love. But mm. I think this experience has also given me a chance to acknowledge that and that's something I can work on going forward and get support with. You wrote your book, Taking Back My Power. What was that experience like for you and do you want to write any more? I think it was so empowering and I think everything that happened over that last couple of years ended in the law changing. So many important things came of that. So I think it was really important to get that story down in paper. Was it tough? Absolutely, having to go back over all of the things that were hard for me. But in a way, it was therapy. Yeah. Um, I think in the future, I would love to do a book just completely based on positive thinking, affirmation, the law of attraction, and make a book that is not about me, but about my readers and how they can take tools into their everyday life and, and better their lives and, you know, be a little bit spiritual. They ain't got to see dead people, but... <laughs> they ain't got to meet someone's granddad. <laughs> Obviously, I've known this about you forever, that you're spiritual and you meditate and you go yoga treats and, you know, like to be barefoot and doing all this stuff. <laughs> but I kind of forgot. And then when you went on telly and Brad's like, George is just cross-legged in the middle of the grass. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's probably meditating. <laughs> and you people were intrigued by it. 
Because um, Brad often was updating me. I'm, you know, working away. And I'm going, what's happening from the other room? And he's like, well, she's cross-legged again. I said, oh, well, let me know if anything happens. Cross-legged again. Oh. How did you first get into that? And, and what is it about spirituality that you love? I think I first read The Secret, which mm. obviously... You made me read that. Yeah. That was the first, that, and I, I really enjoyed that. But the thing is for you, Liv, I feel like you're a natural manifester. Like you're someone that just knows things are going to work out for her. Like some people naturally manifest. Do you think? And they have a positive outlook and they just sort of... They're lucky people. They know that even though your journey's not always smooth, mm. things are going to land in your lap. But some people aren't like that. Like, they're really negative. They think things are always going to go wrong for them. And I feel like I was one of those people when I was younger. I just never believed that good things could just happen to people. Mm-hmm. And once I read that book and started practising it, just I kept getting opportunity after opportunity that I'd been trying to manifest. And it wasn't just luck. Like I knew there was more to it. Yeah. So that's when I went down the rabbit hole of spirituality. And since then, I've just learned a lot. And I think meditation's so important, especially if you have ADHD, like we both do like I saw there was a lot of comments about how I interrupt people sometimes when they're speaking and like things like that they don't realize that that's actually a um, symptom of ADHD and it's not an excuse but I think meditation gives me a real space to silence my thoughts process a lot Mm -hmm. and really try and calm my mind so when I am in these intense environments I can do my best to not only keep my mouth uh, sharp but my mind <laughs> calm and meditation is just something that really helps me on that and spirituality just all wrapped into it I just believe that there's a higher power guiding us on our journey and that everything happens for a reason and that if you open your eyes up to that area of reality then you see so much more of it that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of love island things before I forget did you get glam in there no, to be fair. Oh, not, you're we, not allowed to say? No, 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 no. I was like that because, no, we didn't. But we did, I was like, we did get things we didn't used to get. Like, because, you know, in our series, like, yeah. I was in there for eight weeks and we were waxing each other's a-holes. Yeah, no, I used like, to... Like, with strip waxes. Babe, I used to pluck my pubes out and put them yeah, back. Yeah, like, it was feral. We didn't get hair. I, I did the final with roots like this and a hair extension hanging at the back of my head like a rat's tail. <laughs> All the uh, acrylics bit. It was, it was like being in COVID lockdown. They no, we, we had our hair done for the final and I'll make up. Oh, you look gorgeous, though. You could tell that wasn't a ourself job. Do you know what I mean? But like, no, there, there's still like a lot that you didn't get done. G, the twenty-one and the nails. I don't actually even know this. A lot of people noticed it. So I've moved it just to the ring fingers now, but it was on every single nail throughout. Um, so basically, you know, Jenk, my best friend. Yeah. He passed away on the twenty-first of December, twenty-twenty-one. So I just felt like having those. That, that is my number for him now, 2121. Like, if I see it somewhere, I feel like it's a little sign from him to be like, I'm here, like, I'm on your journey. And I just felt like I wanted it on my nails. So, you know, when things are going good, I can look at it and be like, oh, like, you you helped me there. Or if things are going bad, I can look at my fingers and be like, look, he's always with me. He's never going to let anything bad happen to me. Like, just pick your head up and carry on because he's got you. That's lovely. Yeah. I call this my box of wrong. Okay. I'm going to basically read you out a, uh, an, it's an action or a thing, and you're going to tell me if it's wrong, right, or so wrong that it's... So wrong that it's right. You know, I'll get this one day. <laughs> Exaggerating a story for the drama. Uh, so wrong that it's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think so. No one likes a boring story. No, worth it. I was like, just like, it's a little sprinkle in it, a little something on yeah. top. I, I do that a lot. My sister gave, that didn't happen. I'm like, I'm just trying to make it more interesting. <laughs> Lying about your age. Uh, I think... I don't have an issue with that. We shouldn't have to as women. But if I was single and I wanted to pull a 25-year-old, I might be like, I'm 25. I don't know. I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> 25's legal. <laughs> I don't know if lying about your age to pull younger men is okay. <laughs> and I think, I don't know. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Like, I haven't got all this Botox to tell the truth. Yeah, no. Have I? Like, well, I'm hoping that we're going to be 40 looking 30 and I might just... Like, I'll, I'll say it's wrong at this age, but give me 10 years and I'm sure yeah, I'll say it's right. Yeah, okay, fine, fine. So we're saying it's wrong that it's right. Telling on mates they look... <laughs> So I was just thinking of, we've got funny stories this and telling your mates they <laughs> telling your mates they look good when they don't. But I think of that, I strap my fingers fran in my bay in those wedges. <laughs> but she said there's midi wedges on this. She said it's a year later. She goes, I can't believe you all just let me leave the house. It's <laughs> wedges. Some look, people can't handle, if, you, if we're late somewhere and I go, I hate what you're wearing, we're gonna, it's going to miss reservation, I'm willing to sacrifice you having a bad look for me getting some dinner. Look, it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong unless you can't, they can't change it. So, like, if we're in the house and my mate's dressed yeah, and she yeah. looks like an idiot, I'd be like, babe, why don't you try something else, right? Not, not the best look. I'm not going to meet her in a club and be like, oh, no, you yeah, look like shit. <laughs> Your dress looks shit. Well, she's in now. She looks shit now. She can look shit for the rest of the night. Now she's going to know it. Like, That's you have to adjust. So it's situational. Yeah. Um, pretending you're sick to get out of work. Oh, no, I think that's Just right. right. What else are you going to do? Say, do you don't want to come in? No. You have to. Absolutely right. Everyone's got to do it sometimes. Returning clothes you've worn. Done that so many times. Yeah. I've done that so many times. That's how I got through my teenage years. Half your wardrobe on Towie. What? Half your wardrobe on Towie with the yeah. tag hanging out the back. Yeah. Oh, I've had that before as well, where a boy feel, goes like that and he feels the tag on your back. Like, oh. He goes, oh, did you know you still had the tag on? And I'm like, um, oh, my God, no way, really? And then they pull it off you and you think, I'm not going to eat for a week. <laughs> I'm not, how am I going to pay my rent? He's like, oh, let me get that. Don't fucking touch it. Yeah. <laughs> Having intrusive... <laughs> Intrusive thoughts during sex. But it is just wrong. Depends what it is. I have lots of intrusive thoughts, but I don't know if during sex, because I think I try and turn off my... This is all. This is such a slight on bad, though, isn't it? Like, nothing wrong or intrusive, <laughs> but, like... <sighs> oh, this is so awful, because he is a really good shag, so this is, this is not a slight on him, but, like, there has been times when my mind has wandered... Or, like, the telly's on, and then after you finish, I'm like, oh, my God, as if, like, Stephen Mulhern's presenting the chase now. And he's like, that was why we were doing it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, he was like, were you listening to the... Oh, not the, whatever it's called. Uh, what's he doing? Uh, it was the one they were doing with the boxes. I really don't understand. The, the, the red and the blue. We were almost half a foot, and I was like, no, the blue, oh! I'm loving it! <laughs> So you do have intrusive thoughts. My mind, if, if I'm not, it's the ADHD. If I'm not really invested yeah. in something, my mind can go anywhere. You know, I agree. I think I try and take my thoughts off during sex or I'll spiral into, like, insecurity, like, thinking about, like, the spot on my left bum cheek or something. We're too far down the road for insecurity. 
oh, you've definitely done this. Leaving professional glam on overnight to save doing it the next day. No, I haven't. Have you not? No. Even back in the Terry days? No, I've maybe, I've maybe left the eyeshadow. That's still... But, like, my makeup don't make it through the night. I usually, like, yeah. like I don't know, like, spill something on it or cry or... You can back me up on this. It doesn't matter how effed up I am, I always get my makeup up off. Off, yeah, I no. wake up every time. There's wipes, there's patches. There's, I will, even if it's just hot, like, oh, the effort will be there. I just, I cannot bear it. The feeling of waking up with makeup on your skin. Oh, no, I've fallen asleep a lot with makeup on myself. I know. I remember my ex saying that I once got into bed with my heels on, clutch bag under my arm, and uh, and literally... Well, the reason... I've got a brilliant picture of you and Ibiza, because the reason I said that, because we remember we said for the last time, just me and you, yeah. and you had the makeup on. The next day when you were rattling around at 7am trying to get me out of bed, yeah. you had the glam on still, and I was like, you look possessed, and then you continued to wear that glam all day. No, <laughs> Do you remember? We but that wasn't still because was on that trip with us. I wanted to pull off that glam. No, it was because you... It was because I was too lazy to take it off so I've never woken up and thought oh professional I'm going to keep this for the day I've just woken up looked in the mirror and thought fuck that Georgia and I went on a, <laughs> on a, on a brand PR trip to Ibiza um, with a fashion brand uh, with a load of other girls one of the girls actually being Georgia Steele yeah. and they were all gorgeous and we had to do content and I didn't re- I'm a little bit old I think in the two for this but it's like I didn't realise that people go on those brand trips really just to do their content <laughs> and me and you were like at this brunch that was like being videoed and like t- and I was just attacking this free champagne and then we were out raving next morning the girls were doing photos by the pool and we were coming in like gremlins like right. we like this. and they were like oh my god have you been raving and we were like yeah what have you been doing and they were like just doing our content and then I was invited it was like the last day and they were like where's your content and I was like <laughs> where am I first of all have you been raving we're in Ibiza <laughs> It's like going into a library and going to someone, have you been reading? They were shook that yes. we've been out. Yes, past, we've been raving, obviously. Shook. So then we we round up this horror of a trip where we've really, we have taken it too far. If they ever book us again, honestly, they've got something wrong with them, right? We've took it too far. In the room, in the room, they've given <laughs> us these free sex toys from Anne Summers in this weird head thing, right? I'm not into sex if toys anyone ever had, it's the clams. It's like this with two prongs, but it's, it's, I, I can say I don't recommend it. It's like, it's big like that. You've got to have a fat pussy for this to work, right? And, it, and they're all there, and George is going, are you not taking this stuff? And I said, no, I've only got a small suitcase, not lugging this great big clam back. Well, she goes, I'll give it well, to I'll someone. take it. So she's taken, like, five of these massive... No, vibrations. you're now over-exaggerating. I took one. You would definitely have more than one. In her tiny little suitcase, she's in the stinkiest, worst mood ever at the airport, having a right paddy left and right. Go on, tell them what happened. <laughs> And this is when, so basically, COVID restrictions have gone, but you've got to wear the mask when you're on the plane, right? But we didn't know that. You don't have to wear it in the airport and stuff. So I'm, uh, I've got a Burger King in one hand, a beer in the other, and I'm, I'm, I'm the last person to try and get on the plane, right? And we were on the same flight, so I'm sitting on the sofas just watching this interaction. She's going to say, stop fucking laughing at me. Stop fucking laughing at me. I'm like just watching this, like, go on. With this a- veggie king, right? I'm trying to eat, trying to get on, drink a beer, trying to get on the plane. She goes, you need a mask or you can't come on. I'm like, what do you mean? I've got five minutes to get on the plane. I was not told this, right? So now I'm like having a panic attack. I've had to open my suitcase to potentially put a phone around my face or something because I don't at this moment have a COVID mask I'm eating my, my my Burger King and I just want to get on my flight 
So I finally like came to an agreement where they've got me a mask, but I'm really angry. I've almost missed my flight and I feel that I've been done an injustice. Anyway, so I shut the thing and I go to walk on fuming and then all you hear is... On the floor. <laughs> the fucking clam that I don't even want, that I swear to this day oh, I never we, use, I is vibrating crying. in my bag. Liv is on the floor crying with laughter at me, having to try to diffuse this sex toy that I didn't even care about in the first place in front of all the Ryanair cabin crew. I was like, I had a stinker. And then the woman, it was like, it was like you were breaking up with each other. The woman goes in the Spanish accent, she goes, I'm so sorry for the stress it's caused. And she goes, it's too late to say Sorry. <laughs> And she boards the plane. I was like, oh my God, it's like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's a really good place to leave it. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> that was a funny trip. <laughs>